Okay, so I'm sure we all have questions to ask. Andrew and Dennis, would you like to jump in? Uh, yeah, I would like to um, understand. Um, I'm interested in the process because we were planning possibly to run a campaign to have uh, vote by mail in New York State uh, by the uh, primary in 2022. And I think that you just said it's possible because if we could get the constitutional amendment and then it was voted on in the 2021 general election and the citizens of New York approved it, then couldn't we have let people working on legislation so that as soon as that was approved by the voters, we could have, uh, would it take a special section or could we have legislation passed so that by the primary in 2022, it would be possible? Well, what, um, what I, the approach I would suggest if, if we are going to go that route is to um, have legislation ready to go to direct uh, the State Board of Elections uh, to develop such a system um, so that, and uh, because it takes time, you can't implement a system like that overnight in a, in a state of this size with this many voters. And um, it, so it requires, it requires planning and all of this work can be done now, you know, uh, crafting, crafting the legislation uh, uh, to create a, a universal vote by mail or automatic vote by mail system in New York and, you know, having those conversations about what, you know, what, what would we, what would be required? What would we, um, what lessons do we want to draw from the different states that have implemented systems? They've, they've done it in different ways. There are different ways to do it. Uh, so all of that work is important to do, um, you know, during this time uh, while we're, we're allowing the, the, the process to proceed to get no excuse absentee ballots in New York. But in addition to um, just the, you know, setting up a, a, a system like that, uh, there also uh, is an, a, a serious amount of public education that has to be done as well because you're changing the way people are voting. Um, so, um, but I do want to point out that you still have to have polling places. It's not like you're going to eliminate on-site polling places, even with a vote by mail system, because, you know, you're, you're always going to have some people that maybe they moved or they, you know, they didn't get their ballot in the mail or something, or, um, you know, some situation it, you have to, you have to have, um, the ability to go vote in person, but, um, but there are. Uh, you you know we would be very much changing the sort of infrastructure and setup of of elections as they have in other states. You know you have uh, obviously far far fewer polling uh, uh, polling places, um, but you may have, for instance, um, you know you or you will have drop off locations, places you can um, drop off your ballots, and at, in fact in in this, the states that do have automatic vote by mail systems, um, over over half the the voters uh, drop off their ballots rather than send them in in the mail. They 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 drop them off at polling designated 
drop boxes or or the board of elections or whatever that uh, state has set up. Uh, yeah, I noticed that in your bill, the uh, Senate Bill um, 8120, I think that's what it is. Um, yes, 8120. It calls for all of that. It it says, yeah. yes, we, you can vote by mail. You'll all get a ballot, but you can drop it off. You can go to your uh, polling place on election day. You don't even have to use the ballot. You can just go vote at the polling place. Uh, so every option is still available. Uh, yeah. Well, you will have, um, you know, if you were, if you were to make, if we in New York were to make this system change so that you're voting, you know, we, we are, we are pursuing a vote by mail system, uh, not just in a state of emergency, but in elections generally, um, you know, you, 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 there will be changes. You obviously wouldn't have all of the polling stations um, open. You wouldn't need them if people are voting by mail. Um, so you would, you would have to have some, as I said, you have, you have to, you have to do it in a way that you ensure that, you know, everyone can vote um, and you're taking every circumstance into account, but it does look different. Elections look different in those states that have automatic vote by mail. Yeah, we uh, did a little polling and we actually uh, called the Warren County Board of Elections. I did that and they, uh, the indications we got from them are it actually would be less expensive uh, because they already have a, a printer who can print all this. They could handle an election right now. Of course, that's a small county with not, not a lot of voters, right. but they could actually- Did you say Delaware County? Pardon? Is that what you said? Did you say Delaware no, County? No, Warren County. It, oh, Warren County in upstate state New York. Uh, and right. um, they said we could do it now. It would be less expensive. We would have fewer polling yeah. places, but um, it would be helpful uh, and would keep people safe. So we're planning yeah. maybe to, I mean, for her, yeah. we're planning to do a little more gonna, research and find out what um, it would be like in the rest of the state. But yeah, it's certainly easier in in very rural areas, and of course, you know, Oregon is a very rural state. Um, and uh, you know, we didn't talk about some of the benefits of it, but um, you know, one benefit is that in areas where you know you don't um, you don't have public transportation uh, systems where transportation is an issue, uh, um, you know, having a vote by mail system can, you know, make it much easier for people to vote, uh, which is, which is very important. Um, but it is in more, for, it's a, it's, it's certainly a less costly solution for more, um, and, and probably easier to implement from, for very rural counties, uh, compared to say New York city yeah. <laughs> or more, more densely populated areas. And there's, you know, because you you remember all of those ballots have to be uh, verified. They have to be counted. There's all kinds of technology out there and, and the states that do have it, you know, uh, vote by mail systems. They're, they're doing different things, availing themselves to different types of technology. Um, but uh, um, there, there are ways to that it. it there are technological solutions that have made voting vote by mail um, uh, less cumbersome in terms of, you know, verifying and counting up the votes, et cetera. But 
you know, they're still, they're, these are still major, uh, again, I keep saying it's a system change. So you want to, you want to take your time, do it correctly and make sure that everyone is well educated um, about the change. Okay, so maybe this is a good time to talk about the security of um, vote by mail or absentee ballot voting. Andrea and Dennis, I know that you have a lot of information on this too. So can we open up and talk about how secure this method is? Or if there are any reasons of concern, let's share that here as well. Well, we were wondering not just about security, but about any uh, impediments uh, to it. One, one would be cost about actually getting a universal bubble mail system. So one would be cost, one would be security, um, and uh, uh, just a matter of the logistics, like you've been talking about, of actually getting everything ready, getting the technology ready, uh, everything will flow smoothly. So there's three issues there. One of them mm -hmm. is security. Um, we we polled some of the BOEs and they don't seem that that think that security is a problem at all. Well, um, yeah, actually, I think we could say that because they describe to us the security they have in place now. That their ballots the ballots have a range. It starts with this number and it mm -hmm. ends with this number, and uh, they check every ballot that comes in. They check it off a list yeah. saying that voters voted. They, if the voter goes to a polling place and votes again, they catch it and they go. They actually told us, well, sometimes older voters do that. They'll vote twice because they forget they thought yeah. they sent their ballot in. But they seem to have a very robust way of uh, making sure that everybody votes once and um, uh, catching anything that. Uh, it does mm -hmm. come through. And then, of course, the logistics, right. we talked to them about that. And that little BOE, they thought, no, it's not a problem for us. So maybe you could tell us about those mm -hmm. three things, the logistics and the security. Right. right. Well, I would just say that, um, you know, keep in mind that we've we've always had absentee voting. And Literally a quarter of all votes cast in this country in 2018 were by absentee ballot. I mean, uh, you know, my 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 dad, he just passed away, but he, uh, this past November, but he uh, and um, uh, and all of his his neighbors uh, where he lived, he lived in a residential continuing care facility, they all voted by mail. They got their ballots in the mail. They voted by mail. And that was just, you know, that's, and a lot of seniors vote that way. Um, uh, so um, it, it, it has, there is, there is, a, you hear a lot from Republicans about voter fraud. It is, it does, just doesn't happen. I mean, it's so rare. It is really so rare. And again, like 250 million absentee ballots have been cast in this country since the year 2000, you know, and there's been like point 
zero 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 one I think um, uh, uh, questions of voter fraud like it just it just you know but having said that you know you, you still have to you still have to take all there it's 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 still it's different from in-person voting and you have to take the precautions to make sure that votes are secure, um, and uh, and and you know that's very important. But as I, I have a, a good friend from college who uh, she's a professor at the University of Oregon, where they have vote by mail, for, and and she said it's 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 the ultimate it's got the ultimate paper trail. You know, they're paper ballots <laughs> that you're filling out. It's the ultimate paper trail. Um, so, you know, you can do an audit of votes after an election. And, you know, there's um, it's it's but there um, there are different systems that uh, different states use barcode systems to, uh, you know, where each I mean, each individual ballot has, um, you know, is associated with the registered voter that it has personal, you know, information verifying who they are. Um, I I can't remember which state it was, but one uh, at least one state actually has a system, a tracking, a barcode tracking system on the envelope through through um, through the postal service, so that you can fig- so that you can actually track your ballot as a voter. You can see <laughs> where your ballot is, whether you know so. Um, you know, there, there are, um, you know, pretty good systems in place that we, we can, can be using. We don't need that for absentee ballot voting right now, which is something we've been doing for a long time. But if we switched to an, to a vote, an automatic vote by mail system, you would want to have those kinds of security systems in place. One, one thing I wanted to, to mention in response to what you said is that um, it's talking about security has been a really um, common talking point among some Republicans. And I just think that's really unfortunate that it started to become a partisan issue because it really doesn't need to be. And we've seen in those states, uh, the states like Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, Utah, it's had a lot of success. And not all of those states are Democratic yeah. states. Uh, you know, Utah especially is a Republican-leaning state. And from what I understand, um, you know, the Republicans speak really favorably about it there too. And I, I wish. Yeah. And they've come around in the other states as well. Right. I mean, in Oregon, they had the story I heard is that they had initially fought it in Oregon. Um, and uh, what, what ultimately won uh, them over uh, in the state legislature was uh, the, just the fiscal savings argument of um, switching to a, a vote by mail system, but in the time sense, I mean, there, there, people love their vote by mail system in the states that have it. They love it. They would never go back. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really, uh, it was unfortunate the comments that were made about the president. You know, uh, about it's just, um, and there's, there's no evidence that statistically. There is no evidence that vote by mail helps one party over another, or that's another argument that's been made that is um, just not borne out by statistics. Um, people just have to look at the data. The data tells a very clear story that this is um, a system that that works. Is there any bipartisan support for vote by mail in general? Um, I don't. I. I mm, 
I haven't heard a lot of bipartisan support for it in the state legislature and in the discussions about um, vote by mail. You know, we we just, um, you know, in the discussions of Senator Myrie's bill, the the typical concerns about voter fraud were raised. So um, so no, I would say that at least in terms of uh, the state legislature, I don't, I don't see bipartisan support for this. Um, but, you know, I'm wondering after this year, though, um, after we go through two elections, I mean, at least for Democrats, um, that primary and the general general election, people will have experienced absentee ballot voting. So after this year, do you think there'll be more support in general to make this a permanent law? Um, yeah, yeah, I think, um, I think so. I mean, I, I also want to just one point I didn't, I didn't mention, but that's really important to mention is that um, vote by mail makes it reduces the hurdles for registered voters. I mean, I talked about transportation, but it's not just transportation, you know, in these other states, you, you get to sit with your ballot for a period of time. You know, it's I, probably the time limits in different, different states, but at least a couple of weeks, right? You can, if you work three jobs, which a lot of people do, you know, if you're, I, you, it's, it's hard to get to the polls on election day, even, even in, um, even with early voting, it can be just really difficult for people. Everyone's, lives are over over scheduled super busy with work with family with everything else and it's just much more convenient to be able to drop your ballot off at a in a in a drop-off box or at the board of elections when you have the moment to do that you know as opposed to um you know during the limited number of polling hours so they actually saw you know significant you know increase significant increase in voter turnout with with vote by mail systems and you know in new york we've historically been just you know near the bottom in terms of voter turnout we've had a we're um you know i think that we're hopefully we're going to see a lot of improvement because we passed some important election reforms last year um, but you know, in Oregon, they saw eighty percent turnout in a in a presidential election. We can only hope. We can. <laughs> that's a dream for here in New York State, which I hope we realize one day. But but um, but you know, we're nowhere near that. Uh, so there has not. We don't. We haven't talked about November yet uh, at the at the state, or there hasn't been any. I should say there has not been any formal announcements by, about what's happening in November. Um, you know, I think that uh, again, like 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 everything during this pandemic, there's so so much uncertainty. We don't know what what it's going to be like in November, where we are going to be in terms of this public health crisis. Uh, from my perspective, planning is the key. Be, just making sure that you're ready. I think that we should look at this primary, uh, um, this primary election. We should learn from it. See, you know, see what what lessons we can draw from from this experience because we do have some new things in place, and uh, and make sure that. Uh, 
you know, whatever plan we come up with for November, we um, we invest in the in the voter education and outreach that needs to happen to make sure that people can exercise that most fundamental democratic right. Well, we're here to help in that effort for sure. Well, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it takes advocate. It takes it takes advocates. It takes everyone out. Uh, helping get that message out. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the some of the county board of elections have done a really good job too. I've seen some of the things they've sent out and well in advance of when they were sending the applications out and with the applications and everything. And I just I commend the those those county boards of elections. Yeah, and they work so hard, and they are under um, they are under just incredible pressure, you know, with all of these changes. And those are the boots on the ground. Those are the, those are the people making the changes, you know? So uh, I always, you know, from, I'm always have that in my mind at the state level because um, they also are bearing costs. You know, there are real costs to this. There was funding in the, um, in the CARES Act for elections to help offset um these additional costs during a pandemic, which be helpful, but we have to be, you know, we have to be mindful of what, of, you know, what we're imposing at the county level and uh, provide them with whatever kind of, and get their input. You know, it is very different county to county. I mean, as you said, in Warren County, and, you know, I, I have counties in my district where it would be, um, far more straightforward to implement vote by mail <laughs> and it would be preferable from their perspective, at least a couple of the elections commissioners I, I spoke with, um, you know, and for others, it's, it's more difficult. They're, they're much, they're much more populous districts or counties. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a mix. Not every County is, is the same. Now, can we talk about vote by mail beyond 2020 specifically how to make this a permanent law in the state of New York. Dennis and Andrew, I know that this is the area that you're really interested in. So um, how do we make this happen? Uh, yeah, one one of the things we just talked about is how you think there are some really valuable lessons to be learned from this primary election coming up. And you were saying that that could have a lot of implications for November. I'm thinking that just the fact that as a state, we had to ramp all this up so quickly just to you know expand absentee ballots, that this is a really good sort of jumpstart to you know use that momentum to, to shoot for vote by mail, maybe sooner than a lot sooner than we would have been able to otherwise. I think that's one of the things that makes me think potentially 2022 is a more reasonable goal than it would have been before all this happened. Whereas, you, you know, if you're going from the system the way we had it before, just a full vote by mail, that might, we might, we might not have been ready to go by 2022. So I don't know. What, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, well, certainly more people are going to be voting by mail and we've already, uh, there was just a New York times article uh, the other day, might have been yesterday um, just about the huge increase in uh, voting by mail in other states and absentee voting in other states um, and, you know, in primary. So, I, you know, I think that, you know, I think definitely people's experience with it, um, you know, is going to be important, but we want them to have a good experience with it too. You know, their votes need to get counted, their ballots need to get in on, you know, in on time uh, and the like. Um, but, 
you know, I just keep coming back to, um, you know, when we're looking to the future, any changes we make in New York's election system, you know, where we are in a very fortunate position in that we can learn from other states' experiences who have had this such this system in place for, well, in the case of, of Oregon, it's been 15 years, you know, it's 10, it's a lot, there's like long records of experience. Um, and uh, we're, of course, different state <laughs> than, um, than some of these other more, um, uh, more sparsely populated states. But, um, but we have, you know, there's, we, we're, we shouldn't reinvent the wheel, we should take advantage of, of the learned experience and, um, and, and build on that. Um, I'd like to get a little more clarification on um, the, um, I think you were talking about, we could have legislation, be working on legislation uh, and have it in place, have the bills ready to go so that once the constitutional issues were settled, hopefully by the general election in 2021, we could be ready to go if those bills could immediately be passed. We could make a uh, primary 2022 deadline or at least a general election 2022 deadline. And so you're probably more general election would be yeah, more reasonable. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, that's another thing. I mean, again, these are all Eric, you, we need to look at the experience of other states, how long it took them to get the systems in place yeah. that they have. I, I just was um, more it, you know, interested yeah. in that. How would that process, what would be going on um, and, and what what uh, year the, the legislatures uh, would take up certain things? Do you see any, any reason why the legislation actually couldn't be prepared and ready? No, it could, it could be a bill could theoretically be introduced next year. Okay, good. If that bill were to be introduced next year and for us to support it, which individuals and groups should we approach to build a powerful coalition and mount an effective campaign? Uh, well, you know, certainly the members of the chairs and the members of the elections committees in the, in the Senate and Assembly, um, you know, uh, Senator Biaggi has had, she, I know, is very interested in this issue and has put legislation in on this issue. She, she had introduced a bill to expand the, um, you know, absentee uh, balloting excuses in New York so that people could vote during this pandemic. Uh, you know, and I mentioned Senator Myrie's bill. Um, so I, you know, I think, I think those are natural, uh, um, I shouldn't say allies necessarily, but people to reach out to to as potential allies um, on this. And what is the role of a national campaign? I've been receiving emails from people like you know Michelle Obama or uh, Delgado pushing for vote by mail. But is there something that really can be done on a federal level, or um, is this just strictly um, for PR? to push vote by mail um, for each state? I mean, as long as there are state, as long as there are state constitutional issues, it ha those have to be addressed. You know, you can't um, 
override the state constitution. <laughs> but it's important, again, you know, I think I, you know, I'm a believer in collaborating with other states too, and state that are interested in moving, moving legislation forward. And, um, you know, there's, you know, we've, we've seen, we, we've, we've been collaborating with other states in our region on, um, a wide range of issues, um, including, uh, in this pandemic. Um, so, so I think that, I think it is a good approach. Great. Um, do you have any other questions, Andrew and Dennis? I was just going to ask if you have any other uh, specific recommendations for us, anything that we can do to help in the meantime. Um, you said, you know, reaching out to the, the boards of election. We're actually planning on doing that. Talk to as many commissioners from as many different counties as we can. I think that's really important. I think it's um, it's really important to hear uh, what their what concerns they have, where they, what they feel about the different uh, ways of voting. Um, I would love to see, I would love to see a survey done of, uh, of county boards of election uh, commissioners on that. I think it would be uh, very interesting. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it, they ha absolutely have to be partners in the process. Uh, so, um, so I, I applaud your work in speaking with starting there with commissioners. I think that's really important and definitely suggest continuing to have those discussions. Great. Well, we were planning on actually uh, doing that research and focusing on those three areas that I mentioned before, the logistics, the cost and the security and asking them, could they be ready? Um, is, are there other things that you think other types of information we need to do besides that and maybe uh, we can't be more specific than that right now but yeah i mean i think that you know i think you have to look into what other states are doing and they might might not know those costs they might not you know since it's not a legal option in new york right now um you know they probably i would unless they're serious vote by mail enthusiasts, they may not have investigated the costs of saying, you know, um, that um, implementing the barcode technology that I referred to earlier, or the postal tracking technology, or um, and not to say that you have, have to have all of these technologies, but, you know, these are, um, these, these have to be explored and these costs have to be considered. It's definitely, as I said, it's not an overnight switch. <laughs> it's going to take planning and you want to make sure it's done right because you want to make sure every vote gets counted. Great. Well, this can be one of the silver linings that can come out of these tragic, um, under these tragic circumstances. After the primary, we're going to start this survey and um, also a public educational campaign about vote by mail going into November election. There is another partner in this effort who could not be here today, but um, Indivisible New York, um, I think Ulster chapter or New York 19 chapter will be um, part of this campaign as well. Great. Well, thank you so much, Senator. And Andrea and Dennis, if anyone's 
um, interested in finding out more about Represent Us, how can they find out? How can they get in touch with you? Yes, it's representalbanyny at gmail.com. We also have a website, uh, represent, uh, excuse me, albanyrepresent.us is our website. Thank you. And the uh, web address for Forge Collective is forgeartcollective.org, and you can contact me through that website. Thank you so much, Senator. Um, I know that this was a very busy week for you, so we really appreciate your taking the time to speak with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Senator. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Jennifer. <laughs>